Coffee there, Jeff. Uh, what was it, but so, uh, I'm past it. I'm You're... entertaining somebody. Yeah, pussy. I'm entertaining somebody at the minute. Yeah. <clears throat> right, so you was. Are you ready, Gosha? What? I've turned so it's muted. Uh, December of that year. Yes, I remember it very well. The previous night, I do believe it was a Friday. We had been to the. Uh, did you get the bus to Ghoul? Bus got an all day saver. We went to. Uh, before the before the chairman of this chain pub turned it into a political platform, he's now a wanker. Uh, we went to Weatherspoons for, uh, which was some with meatballs or some chili or something. Penny pasta and meatballs. Penny pasta and meatballs, and you went with chili as well. Yeah. And real real ale. Lovely. Then we'll get the bus back. To, Rawcliffe. That's when it still ran beyond six mm-hmm. o'clock. And went to the that nice little pub, near Riverbank. For more real ale, where occasionally Jeff would drop a a fart bomb, quiet one, and then it all packed, and everyone's looking at me, <laughs> and he's looking at me going, <laughs> you in it? <laughs> and I'm going Jeff of all places here a quiet for this pub. And uh, we put a little bit just seeps out. Seeped out like a leaking sewer pipe. And then we we'll get we we'll get back to to number six. After having um, the pizza or something else to eat as well, that's gorged on food as well that night. It must be one at chip shops then. Because when we well, last last bus was half past ten, I do believe. Um, we got to four. <laughs> Got to for about eleven o'clock. Yeah. So if if anything, it probably would have been a maybe that chip shop near the bus stop. Possibly. And we gets back. He goes to bed. On the settee. I goes to my own bedroom. Yes. And. The next morning, I come downstairs. Are ready, Jeff? We've got, we're going to pick my granddad up. I didn't notice anything. Maybe I, I was used to your bottom burps. And Yeah, right. All right, I'm getting ready now. Yeah. Setting off soon. Set off, yeah. Pick my granddad up. Gets onto the motorway at four. There was country flow or roadworks on at the time. And I would say every mile right up to Burton Agnes Hall. So we're talking at least 47 mile. He must have done about at least 40 um, silent. But when it hit you, it hit you with the like a... A suitcase full of rotten eggs. Like the bedroom this morning. 
Is it? Which bedroom? Uh, well, book a shut top of window. Yeah. So I'm. Like that look worse. I'm dr- I'm driving along. I don't know, but was uh, open window uh, office room, hall, and us bedroom. <laughs> because when I go, oh my God, it stink. <laughs> open windows. Yeah. I would I was go for conservative room. Yeah, well that's how that's what it was like for me and my granddad. We, you, you you didn't hear it, but you smelt it. It was bad. It was like raw sewage. And both of us were like, windows going, <sighs> and Grant's looking at me going, now I'm going, yeah, I've been window for. <sighs> and then, so with that winter time, and then another mile, <sighs> yeah. Seeping out like and then apparently when well, we went inside Burton Agnes Hall because it was the part was open because it was a uh, event on for Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good that. And we saw parts that you normally don't see and it mm-hmm. looked I mean the other other half live. <laughs> Probably granddad was in the car park with the door wide open and it was like cold and uh, people looking at him strange. And he said that he says if they'd have said to me, What why why are you Old man got the window, your door wide open. It's cold. You'll catch your death. He says, "Come in, come in this car. You, I'll, because you, you'll smell by." And then we got back. After I dropped him off and got back home, mother says, "That dirty bastard." He says, "I went, I went into the living room, to, get the duvet cover and the pillowcases and all that pillows. It it, it was." It was enriched with pure shit. <laughs> she was like gipping. She had to open the little windows for the room to breathe. And it was unofficially banned for about a year or two. I can't remember how long it was, but it was a long time. And he kept on asking about coming again. I, and I kept on give you like excuses, which sounded plausible. And then really... Sounded ridiculous, I suppose, as, as time went on. And then I, I had to tell you the truth, didn't I? I says, because you, you, look, you smell like you shit yourself in the living room. You know, that's, that's what, to refer to that December. Then, um, away from... Uh-huh. About glutty, no, I talk about that chilli I had when I I'd basically... I'd, I mean, I should have just stuck... stuck at the one portion because I had a, a load of grated cheese on top and obviously the you know, garlic bread. I should have stuck at that and I would have been podged but I wouldn't have felt like a stuffed pig. Because my, as I can sit here at the table there, I felt that I would not be able to eat for another two days. I felt pigged to the extremes. Remember that time I popped over for... Um. Yeah, I popped over for curry and I had that flipping rest of the pan, didn't I? <laughs> I think it was that barbecue we had a massive plateful. Yeah. And worst thing about it is you're shoveling some more food in while at first you like one of those um Mercedes cars where it's in second gear but it's already selected in third gear. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 
you, you, you're shoveling your next load, but you still get your first load and you've got going around like a fucking wa- water and sand in the cement mixer. It's, and it's, it's like you're pre-selecting your next food before like still, uh, the gears are still cogging away at your, at, at your previous load. And yeah, yeah, your appetite is probably twice as much as what I've got. I mean, I, if I had to tell that, I'd, I'd be like Cyril Spain. Not what he got up to behind the scenes because he obviously was a bit of a nasty creature, but... Oh, yeah, you agree then. But... About Cyril Smith. Well, you were a pervert, wasn't he? Yeah. He, I mean, he was, he was an absolute pervert. I mean, he's dead now, right? And it, it, it's... It, I mean, you, you got all that uh, evidence against him, but... <coughs> obviously, he would deny it, wouldn't he? Mm, no. But... The law come out at woodwork with all these people giving testimonies. And please to go, keep quiet about it. Yeah. And and he also kept quiet about that asbestos factory when he must have had, you know, a few bungs from many directors. So just, just tell him it's safe. And obviously then, this before asbestosis all come out, and that was that, I think it was a big factory in Leeds as well that... Uh, not just the workers, but like the wives who used to wash all the clothes would get that invisible dust and uh, it would end up with um, cancer of some form from the asbestosis, wouldn't it? The asbestosis and all that, asbestos dust. Asbestos. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. it's uh, see, it wasn't just the workers that suffered, it was those that did all the washing. Obviously, I don't know which which insane person used asbestos in the first place. Like, oh, it's lost brilliant material. This, well, lovely. Well, maybe maybe at the time it it did its job. It was it was insulating all that, but they never knew the dangers. Yeah. It's like that. Uh, I mean, is that Susanna Lip Lips come whatever call her that professor or doctor whatever call her. Now she's very good at her job, and there's she, there's quite a few of her programs on YouTube. Uh, hidden Edwardian killers, hidden uh, hidden killers in Edwardian home, hidden killers in Tudor home, yeah. Uh, post war home, as two for the Victorian homes, and it shows how you know there was all sorts, but at the time, were were marvelous, but uh, eventually there were stories coming out uh, in the papers of, um, incidents being linked to lead, paint and. Um, also that in the fifties, post war home these these chemical kits. I mean, there, there was one from America which was a, a nuclear one. I mean, uh, including a gag counter. You know, what I mean, it's um, pop up in the face to get rid of all. Yeah, and and there, and there was one British one where, cases experiment that I mean the the. the I've got the code now, but the test tubes were not laboratory standard. They were really thin, it would crack. And there were no real advisory of the chemicals. And some kids would put the chemicals in the pockets. And one one kid was sat in a cinema and he felt his his trousers were smouldering with smoke. And it, it, the heat in his pocket had reacted with the chemicals in his pocket. And someone had to smother it out because it, otherwise it could have had serious, serious burns. <sighs> uh, yeah, so we just we diverted there. What well, was about you know? I say Bernard Manning. If I if I had 
ate the portion that you'll eat, I could do that. But that day, that day I did, that, that chilli, fuck me, I, I, I was I podged. And I felt sick. I felt like, <laughs> remember in the Bridgerton town, you're right, you're, you having your pint? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't move, I can't speak. <laughs> I can't. I couldn't move. Couldn't speak. Couldn't do anything. Yeah. Well, we, before we get onto that, um, if you remember, um, I mean, we've we've had some stupid challenges in this time. One was, um, the stag chili challenge, which, I regretted the morning after because it didn't affect, sh- that didn't affect me at all. Oh, but it affected me in a not nice way in. My stomach felt like it was dissolving. Um, I was in massive pain, and it was like my arsehole was on fire. You, you went twice at mine and once at Doncaster and Service Station, didn't you? No, twice. No, no, twice at yours. I went a little bit at uh, the now defunct Gordon's Coffee Shop. Um, and on the way back, because they still had buses on at the time at the chicken factory, before they started saving pennies. Um, I went into Beverly. I was going into Beverly to um, get Bluetooth headphones. Oh yeah. Because uh, cable ones, if you snag them these days, they're, they're fucked. You know, not like the old-fashioned one from the 70s with the coiled cable. I mean, if I could get a pair of those retro headphones, it'd be lovely. I'm sure someone will make them, you know what I mean? Because they're, they're the ones where they're, they're quality cable. And I saw if I can get some retro headphones, they'd be brilliant. I felt I had gut sake, but I thought I was going to shit myself, to put it, put it bluntly. And I pulled into a car park and I'm like, I let off a little tummy squeaker and the pain went. I'm like, oh. And I found a, an old tool shop. I got this in a, a, I think it was a Jabra um, headset and it worked for a bit. Yeah. Um, but on the way back, I was on the A63 still before it becomes the M62. And I got sake again, it come back with a vengeance. And I remembered that there was a service station and I went, did what I had to do, which was pure pain. And I did a video, a, a message response to you. You can sit that stag chili right up your fucking ass. That is beyond a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like, to me. I, mean, I know you you said now they've dumbed it down. They have. It's it's not worth bothering with now. But at the time, I would say that was the chicken file, of, or at least a tindaloo. You know the one which is like between a file and a vindaloo. Yeah. Of the of the chili range because, for me, the the first mouthful and I lost all sensation of. Having the inside of the mouth, it's a bit like me with that sauce. Yeah, wow. yeah. Well, you you trough that stag chili. Uh, what would they call it now? 
Dynamite hot. Dynamite hot. You you troughed it down like um, someone eating tomato soup. He's driving about two or three times a week. But like, yeah, but when I saw that I'm gobful, my, my mouth were on fire, my throat were on fire, and the next morning my ass were on fire. It, I've never known anything like it. The pure pain is astronomical. Um, so that challenge, and then it was around that time we went to Bridlington and I do believe you had this brilliant idea either on the way or outside Audrey's fish and chip shop and that was you're going to have two large fish with chips yeah because I remember having a large fish and chips <clears throat> there and I still felt I still felt a bit peckish afterwards. I no. That's why. I thought, yeah, well, can, yeah. Well, someone, well, someone like me. I I would personally I I would be stuffed for at least eight hours. There's no way I would have been peckish. Not even for a dessert. No way. Well, anyway, at the time, Audrey's. Was so next door was, if you're facing Audrey's to the left was a sewing shop where you could buy sewing machines and balls of wool. Um, so you could have it outdoors, on the seats near the public toilets. Or, oh. you could go upstairs. Mm, yeah. But now you can go to the left. If you as, and. They brought them up. You thought. Where's my chips? Obviously, you didn't know that your two fish was hiding the chips. And they and they must have thought, fuck, who's eating all this? You wet it all, and you were pigged for at least ten hours. Yeah, but I'm... Pulling me off. I, I ate all that, and I wasn't... I wasn't nowhere near as bad as I was at Bridlington. That was at Bridlington. No, I mean when we went to Queens, I was no, I felt no way, I felt I didn't feel as bad as Queens. Yes, so we mentioned this the the second time you your encounter with fish and chips. We went, <laughs> then on that uh, we had this fish and chips. We went home. I sat packaged at half eleven. Thought, oh, we'll order a vindaloo and do the takeaway. Was it was it a vindaloo? Yeah, we ordered a vindaloo from an Indian takeaway, and it arrived, and it was like more like a coma. Yeah, yeah, it's it awful. Yeah. Um. So went this. Actually, there was the double event that day. One wasn't food related, if you remember. We went to the Queensgate Fisheries, opposite the Bridlington Town Football Club. It was like the little bears, wasn't it? Um, Mama bear had small fish and chips. Daddy bear had medium. Definitely medium. Medium fish and chips. Medium, yeah. Scraps. And brother bear had 
large fish and chips with a huge JCB bucket dollop of mushy peas. Obviously, it's a slight exaggeration. We went outside to eat it as it was a glorious sunny day. The difference is you two had trays, I had a box. That says it all. A box? It was a fucking packing crate. <laughs> and... I had most of mine, but I think I left half in it, if I remember. Mm. I reckon that's what I'll have, medium. Bogusha had a small at most of it. You left the tail, and I said to you, are you stuffed? You said, I'm just trying to shuttle. Which, then you consumed what was left Even after... More. Yeah, after you let to the tail slide down your, your, your throat... Then we went across the road to the Bridlington Town Football Club where we were constantly, uh, two or three times, buying, buying yeah, um, half-time raffle tickets and guess the score and all that. Because they must thought we were home supporters or visiting supporters, you see, for the half-time raffle and that. They didn't know we were just passing by, but they got to, like, try the trade, aren't they? Yeah. And we went to a quiet part of the bar and you were very quiet. In fact, you were sat there like a stuffed mannequin. And it wasn't until later you told me why and the reason was... <laughs> like it picked out. Now stuffed. Yeah. And then we went to Flamborough Head. It's when they got down to the bottom of the steps that I started feeling a bit better. Yeah. That was about two hours after. Well, we had to take his time because obviously Bagush is very conscious of a knee and Flamborough is a... Unforgiving. Unforgiving descent and ascent. Um, ye old cross. Ye oldy cross. It's a nice name for a pub. That's kind of traditional pub that I like. I don't know where that is. Ooh, ale. Oh, I bet they do. I'm not sure. They might have the usual ales. That was this must be early two thousand this. But that's the kind of village pub I like. With that roaring fire. Yeah, yeah. We've got to Farnborough Head. Yeah, uh, we we looked over and we saw this little cove, thing. cove or passageway on the far right of the headland. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. We went across with Bagusha in tow. Three quarters of the way across the rock pool, she decided it was too tricky for her with a knee. So well, um, turned you, went back. you you carried on or stayed where you were. You carried on and waited for us. And I turned around to go back when... <laughs> yeah. I slipped on a rock <laughs> with my really inappropriate shoes for the area because they, they had no grip not that would have helped thankfully although it was um, yeah, in a way I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that it, it happened the way it did because uh, <laughs> if it had been another foot back uh, I could have cracked my head wide open on a rock couldn't I <coughs> well, I mean, it, I mean, thankfully there were no serious. 
That's the second time we treated a serious head injury. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just... All, all I heard was, I turned around, all I heard was this. <laughs> and a splash of water. Yeah, and I, I, I should be... I felt like my head was... My, the blow was cushioned by the rock pool. If it had been a rock, I, I'd have been knocked out, maybe a fractured skull. So, in one way, all I had was a, maybe a bruised pride. But it could have been a lot worse. Just the clothes were wet through and... Like it landed in like a, a bath of rock pool. <laughs> yeah, and a little special on my camera, and, and everyone's around me. And all you could do was take a picture. Um, which I still got. Yeah, which doesn't doesn't really show the the true impact. It just shows me trying to get up uh, from a sitting position in the seawater. Oh, the three mariners. Um, yeah. Mitchells. Uh, yeah, so. That that was that. Um, was that was that, was the, that the death knell of your camera? I don't. Well, it did work, but it did knacker the display screen at the back. <laughs> That's the only problem. But I had a dream the other day. I don't think it will come true. But I had a dream that I put my battery back in the camera, switched it on, and it was back to normal working order. That was the dream I had. I haven't yet actually put that theory into practice. I have a sneaking suspicion the uh, display readout at the back is still fucked, to put it mildly. Yeah. The second incident you're referring to is bad in narrowly escaping a head injury. I hear about when I come back from the John Bull that time. Yeah. Five minutes will be setting off. Well, that day, it was medium. It was it was more busy than normal for Steve's um, karaoke night, because it was never really a great success, and I don't know why. Because I mean, his base, his setup were a bit basic, wasn't it? Yeah, so you can you know, because that's quite a lot of songs in it. Well, there were there were f- the f- the two thing well two main things that were wrong with Steve's karaoke night at the Jumble. One was his insistence on doing his own little mini cabaret section at the beginning and halfway, which co- would consist of between four to six songs. Mainly Brian Ferry. Brian, music. yeah, Brian Ferry, Elvis, and all that the usual suspects, and Dance the Night Away by the Mavericks and all that. And then he would do it. This he would do maybe three or four songs at the halfway point. The other, the other thing that was wrong, was. He could he couldn't program his music in, and a singer at the same time. Whereas other ones you can, but his setup you couldn't do Your that. Your lounge pant is is dirty. Mm. Are you change? Yeah. Very dirty. Yeah. Mm. So that that was his main two problems was a basic setup and his assistance of doing his own fucking cabaret all the time, which took up much. But this particular night, I remember, it was busier than normal for him. And uh, if I'd have gone at my normal time, walked on, I were fine. 
thought I had an extra pint of Guinness because you see, you're not working, mine. I says, No, I've no pint of Guinness. And then they got some corkies, remember, cork, a single corkies that were free. Yeah. And what was the coup de gras was uh, a double Jaeger bomb, which had, it's the only Jaeger bomb I've ever had before and since. I've had about two or three at, at one night. Double. It's war a double. <laughs> we like Terence and Philip. Um, then I did feel a little bit wobbly. And they noticed because they had a little bit of a giggle as I walked out. Uh, walked, um, like I showed you, negotiated the motorway bridge, roundabout. Um, it was quite a long way, that, wasn't it? On the footpath, walking up to um, Four North, the bridge at Four North there, under the, that little archway. And I'll say about 30 yards from the, t- ne- the turn-off on the left, which would be Brook Street, near the where our last residence was, on the flats here. But um, that's when, without warning, me and gravity had a big fallout, and I hurtled forward towards um, someone's front gate, but I think I fell into like a slightly spiky hedge. Mm. And I'm like, I'm like, and I must have fall, got up again, got my balance, and then walked two yards and hurtled forward again onto the footpath. <laughs> Did it two or three times along the route, along Brook Street, down. It's like you did, you did, there's no floor, isn't it? It's like it yeah, it's just like you just it's like you've floating. It's very it's very simple. Like if you walk up a set of stairs and you don't lift your foot high enough, and you'll go hurtling forward. Yeah. It's like that, and it must have happened two or three or four times down Brook Street, Highfield Crescent. So eventually, I got the same kind of. Stable-ish. and I'm getting on and then the only bit which I'm not sure about is because apparently I must have fallen onto the bed light must have been on so I must go up for a early morning piss should have sit light on and, and apparently I was laid out on the bed and I'm like oh, oh, oh and it was around that time that we used to go down to my granddad and pick him up for his dinner I can I can only describe that my uh, my sensation as I was driving. I felt like like I just woke up or say like when you're tired, you wake up after an hour. You like you got a startled rabbit look. Yeah. And it it was the most nightmarish journey ever to go and pick him up, and to come back. And I think I tried to go in bed afternoon because I was like death warmed up. Oh, it was hard. Right, we're going to go to change these. So back, back to bed. At four, they stayed in bed for until he grew up the next morning. Oh, God. So he was in bed. He was in bed for about 12, 13 hours. Jesus. Yeah, right, I wasn't properly sleeping, but... You're resting. You know. I've never felt as rough as that. 
I mean, the, the one time I was out with the... Uh, years ago, around Doncaster, with Gareth Bealby, who I know from school, we were close friends at one point. We didn't have a major fallout or anything, but we kind of just became friends, but not close friends. We used to be... He lives your neck at woods now, with Winterton. Yeah. He commutes every day to Howden. He had a house. His, one of his first houses was in Crowell. No, Fawn. A uh, nice house that he did all with his last wife, who. That's the story. Um, then the move to Crowell. Then him and his wife, for one reason or another, parted company. And then he met this woman at the school gates, who is now his, his new wife. His, his, well, not his new wife. Uh, then they moved. Well, they moved to Winterton. But he still commutes to Houghton. Right, I'm going to get my sense sorted out. We'll get going because we need to call it number six. Uh, then. We've got, we're going to call it Asda first because obviously now it's Sunday hours, four o'clock, knock off. Yeah.